Happy New Year. My name is Sherman. And I'm Chris. And we are... High as fuck. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. I'm speaking uh, maybe. Yeah, he can, he can deny all he wants, but we all know what happened. I'm not commenting. Anyway. Smoke some weed. So, Chris, this is Chris Lee. So, it's a brand new year. By the way, Happy New Year's. This day. Happy New Year's, everybody. Yeah, so we haven't recorded. We took some time off between yeah. New Year, between Christmas and New Year's, and we're finally back. Well, we've both been a little bit busy with our personal lives as well. He's been more busy than me, but, you know. Which is, no, I'm, 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 that's good, right? Yeah. He's a tattoo artist. He needs to stay busy. Exactly. It's, it's been nice, you know. Yeah, so I guess we were coming back, like, just just to kind of break the ice, how was your New Year's? Did you make a New Year's resolution on top of that? I mean, listen, I don't, per- I personally don't like to make New Year's, re- New Year's resolutions because it's just giving your, you set yourself a chance to fail at something. And mm. the thing is, most people don't fucking do any of their New Year's resolutions anyway. And so... My personal, instead of making New Year's resolutions, I like to set new goals for myself that I'd like to achieve. Because, you know, I have like an end game goal. And so instead of setting some sort of revolution, like I'm going to fucking work out more, I'm going to eat healthier, I'm going to fucking do this and that, I'm going to fucking fly to the moon and shit on it or something, you know? Anyways, obviously they're just all things that they're never going to stay, they're never going to do. And so instead of doing something like that i just like to pick like different milestones that i'd like to complete that would also that would also help get me to the place that i eventually want to be in life okay i can respect that i I get that okay so me my new year my christmas was great my new year's was good i did set new year's resolutions but unlike some people i don't do the ones that i think i can achieve i always list the things that i'm going to fail at and then if I don't, then I'm successful regardless. That's fucking dumb. <laughs> that is literally a cop out. <laughs> like the biggest fucking cop out. What you're gonna you're gonna become the richest white man? No, 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 no. I said I'm gonna pick things that I'm gonna fail at. So I'm thinking like, you oh, fail I'm that. gonna. I will fail at being a rich white man. Yeah, I could change my skin color. No, you can't. You can not- bleach your skin. They do that nowadays. They bleach buttholes, but they not bleach skin. skin. Yes, they're. Hey, you know how to... fast your skin's gonna dry out if you do some shit like that? You're gonna be like 40 with looking like you're fucking Michael 84. Jackson. Michael Jackson? He turned white. Yeah, and you think he looked good? It, but I'm red. <laughs> <laughs> and compliments look at ugly is the money. Yeah. Anyway, we're getting off topic. So, <laughs> so I, I, my new year is great. It's great. It's January, it's 2023, and we are, you know, both both coming into the new year very productive so for this first podcast chris i'm gonna let him take it away because this was his idea okay yeah so this was me I, I felt bad that you know like i was making sherman come up with all the topics because i didn't really know what to talk about and um there was a day that sherman came by and we may or may not have smoked a little bit of weed and i realized that we had great hilarious conversation and we were just laughing the whole time and stuff like that for the for the little bit of time that he was here and then i thought you know what i think a good podcast would be just us talking about some deep stuff while we're possibly may or may not be (laughs) under the influence of the marijuanas or uh, under the influence of alcohol for some people. I'm yeah. not saying it's alcohol. I'm saying, you know... It like, is it could it is. possibly, but it's not. Yes, B. yes. <laughs> First of all, 
Yeah. You're a snitch. Anyway, that rose out of the ground. We get it. We get it on fire. Uh-huh. And then they have uh-huh. some side it just effects. happened. You know what? Let's, let's get back to the topic. Okay. okay. Anyways, so we, uh, I was thinking that we could actually have a conversation about like spirituality. I kind of forgot what I was thinking about. You said it was spirit. spirit Spir- like spirituality. Our views on what God may or may not be. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. Just kind of see where it goes from there. Okay. Well, that that's a good start. Well, I want to clarify for the, for the conversation that people might be listening to in this podcast that I was raised Christian. And I was raised Mormon. Okay, so just so they know, like, we're not like, oh, we don't believe yeah. in anything or we're atheists or we've never been introduced to any. Like, I've yeah. done my research growing up as well on other mm-hmm. religions. Exactly. So I'm not ignorant to the fact of religion or anything like that. I, I, I spent 18, oh, maybe a little bit over 18 years of my life in the Mormon religion. So, like, I know about religion. Okay, well, we're just setting that, that basis, that foundation, so people know we're just not, like, talking out of thin air. We were, you know, but then again, it's not even, I do want to clarify that, like, not that doesn't just mean that, like, Christianity for me is, like, the foundation of all religions, because that's not what I'm saying. Nothing is greater than the other. I'm just saying, like, yeah, my background when it comes to spirituality and religion in general. Yeah. Definitely. And how I was raised. Yeah, and, and I see it the same way, because, like, my... my so with my parents, at first my father, my dad was, um, my dad was Catholic, because he's the Hispanic side of the family, and my mom was Mormon, and originally they were like, well, we're just both going to continue going to our own churches, and then we'll let the ch- kids come to church with both of us. We'll just switch off, and we'll let them decide which religion they want to be. That was their original plan, and then they were like, fuck that, we're just going to be, my dad's just going to convert to Mormonism, and we're just going to be Mormons. I'm like, alright, cool, thanks for the choice. Wait a minute. Anyways. <laughs> Wait, Mormon. Aren't those the people that, like, isolate themselves? I mean... Or some do, not on, not, I don't want to say this. I wouldn't all. necessarily say isolate themselves, but they are very... They like to stick to their own kind, I guess you would say. No, oh, um, I mean, not. Let's see they're not. I wouldn't say they're. I wouldn't. They're not racist. It's not. It's not. Oh, a, it's course. not a race thing like I that. I would never imply such oh, things about. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a race thing. It's a. If you're not Mormon, it's it's kind of like Scientology sense, but not nearly as fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, still a little bit on the crazy side, but not. Scientology crazy um but it's more like it's more like like you can date this person as long as they're also Mormon or Uh. like one of the one of the higher-ups um I forget the terms I just know there's the bishop which is basically like the the pastor pastor of the church Mm -hmm. um and then he's got his like second in command and he's got his treasurer and blah 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 and all those people who sit up in the front with him but um Hmm. yeah and so but the thing so it was like the second in command dude he uh his right hand man he was 
giving a speech to the congregation saying like, so my daughter started dating this uh, young man recently and, um, and he's a great kid, love him to death, gets along really well with the rest of the family and he's a, he's a good hardworking young man. And so I told him, I sat him down one day and I told him, also, this guy's rich as fuck. So, like, he's just one of those hmm. rich as fuck, like, asshole kind of. So me. Okay. Not not necessarily asshole, but, like, kind, like you can tell he kind of thinks he's better than people. Okay. Um, but anyway, so he's like, no, I really like you. You're a really good guy. Like, my, my daughter oh, really so likes you. Oh, about you. No. He was talking about the girl, the guy that oh, okay. the, his daughter was had recently started dating. So he's, he's talking about it. And he's like, and he says, um, uh, you know, like I was, I was talking to him and he, I told him, I was like, you know, my daughter really likes you and we really like you too. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you have to be Mormon to date my daughter because that would be ridiculous. But I will say that if you want to continue dating my daughter, I do ask that you come to church with her. And I'm like, in my, everybody, I'm looking around and everybody around me is like nodding their heads like, yeah, that's, you're right about that. Like, you should really like, you know, enforce that kind of shit. And I'm sitting here like looking around like, y'all not fucking hear what he just said. He literally contradicted himself yeah. in the same fucking sentence. Because technically you go into church for every day, eventually you're going to convert. Exactly. Like, you're not going to go to, you're not going to be like, I'm Christian, but I go to the Mormon church every Sunday. Yeah. And I go to all of the fucking little events. That are more the Mormon events with my girlfriend who is Mormon. Like that, no, fuck you. Like you're, you're like I'm a good guy, but I'm not at the same time. You know? Okay. Yeah. So, so what is, what are we going? I don't know where we're going. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, where are we going from? Like, in regards of like in spirituality, like your example that you just gave about your experience. Are you just talking about like? Because you, you were talking about how what Mormon what what Mormonism was in regards to like some they, they can't be isolated they want you to stick. With oh, okay, God. yeah, like in that sense, like okay, thanks for putting me back on track. Yeah, so you like they can they're kind of like that, but also at the same there's like a lot of stigma about Mormons. No, you cannot have more than one wife. That is not a thing. That was a thing for the Mormon religion back when the little group of people had like segregating the, themselves from the rest of society because the rest of society wasn't accepting the Mormon religion. And so they went off and like their prophet, Joseph Smith, took them to the promised land, basically, which was basically Utah. <laughs> and um, and they, that's why Utah is like notoriously full of Mormons is because that's where... They told the promised land was at. Well, no, that's where they just went. Because oh. it, was, it was, you know, like they... they established a um like basically a colony they colonized themselves and mm -hmm. so they went over there but when they got there there was more women than men and so oh. for there was not enough men to satisfy the women so it's like you gotta have double up on the wild women yeah but also the, the women it was, back then it was the women's job duties to like take care of the household and everything where while the men would go out and you know like um, like build the houses and um, like do all the heavy lifting work kind of thing, you know, and hunt okay. and stuff like that. Um, so like the women would stay home and raise the children, and you know, like you got you got to have kids to grow your community. 
And, I mean, I guess the best way to grow kids is for, like, three women to every man. You could have three women pregnant at any given time. Sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. And it sounds like a lot of kids. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's like a Mexican family. And And then, wait a minute. Wouldn't that also, like, taint, like, the DNA pool if one man had... Like, what happened if one of his kids from one of the other women ended up being in love with one of the kids from the other women? That's, like, the DNA structure. I'm sure that shit happened. It was the old times, you know? I'm sure that shit happened. I'm not fucking... I'm not gonna sit here and be like, well, no, because there's plenty of other kids that those kids could hook up. It's gonna... I guarantee you that shit happened. But, um... I'm not saying that that was... That's not, like, what the majority of it was. But, anyways, um... So, yeah, there... Back in those times, yes, it was acceptable for people in the Mormon religion because they were such a small religion. And then they grew and built built up and things, like, modernized a lot more. And now, to this day, there are some psycho, like, cult-like... More split off of Mormon groups that call mm-hmm. themselves Mormons, Mormons, but I'm, I believe they call themselves something different. So like Mormons that are like just a real, just a regular religion, but a little bit stricter. I would say um, they like to call themselves the Latter Day Saints. They're like, oh, we're not Mormons. Mormons is a is a different name. It is like is like the old school name, but the true name for what we are are the modern uh, modern day Latter Day Saints. And, I yeah, I, I don't fucking know, whatever. I'm like, that's just a long-ass name, we're Mormons. Um, but there are some split groups, I forget what they call themselves. They call themselves, like, the 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 original modern-day saints or something like that. I don't fucking... Well, let me get to my background okay, in regards yeah. to, like, I mean, because I, I did ask about the Mormon scenario, but yeah. for me, growing up, as a Christian. I've said this in one of my personal stories. If you listen to those podcasts, I've talked about my my uh, my background with my faith and how I was raised, which was Christian. And I will say that my parents, I grew up in a Christian, like very strict community. Church was pretty much the biggest thing you did on Mondays, Wednesdays, and then Friday and then Thursdays and then Sunday. So you were in church constantly, like, and then choir practice was on Tuesdays, and then and then Wednesdays, and then Thursday, oh Fridays was like prayer. So you were literally in church every day of the week, except for Saturday. So they're basically like, let's take over your entire life. Practically, that's kind of how it was. So while I experienced all of that growing up, my parents were also very. They're very open to just be like, we're going to raise you according. You're going to go to church. But however you turn out, whatever path you choose, once you become an adult and make your own decisions, that's on you. You're still our child. We'll still love you. But we did raise you and instill these Christian values. And I know Christianity is split up into multiple thousands of different religions. But my parents always just kind of identified us as Christians. We believe we believed in the, you know, the one true God, Jesus, uh, the Lord God, and then there was Jesus Christ, the Son, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Those three things, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, so there was different. I knew there was like Baptists, and there's so many other ones, and I'm just like I, I don't care. I read the Bible, and mm-hmm. that's where that's where all of my knowledge comes from. Yeah. So that's kind of how my parents raised us. And when I got older, it wasn't until I went through a lot of experiences. And my parents didn't also stay in one church. Like we, my dad would like go to small churches that was just starting out and like he would help with the 
my brothers played like the keyboard, the drums and stuff. So my they were like the musical traveling family. We're like the black Brady bunch. But yeah. you know, we didn't actually like <laughs> we stayed within the church realm. So we went from small church to small church, helping them build up and okay. then we would move to a different small church need to help. I think my I'm not speaking for my parents, but from me growing up and experiencing us moving from church to church, it was more so my father was just like I want to help a church starting out, help them with the music. My mom helped with the choir. My family of six kids is big enough to contribute to that. And then once the church gets big enough, before the pastor become corrupt, we're just going to leave and go to another smaller church because you kind of skip that whole cult mentality, that whole putting the pastor on a pedestal. It's just kind of like, we're here to help. We're here to provide. We're here to help the church grow and then once you reach a certain point now we can step away and go to a different church now if there were other reasons since i was a kid i didn't see those like if there was a falling out between the pastor and stuff that wasn't something that i experienced or i was i had knowledge to so my experience of the scenario was just we were traveling from church to church helping them out um so yeah i raised christian and that that's kind of like my background and my but so the next thing i wanted to move into was just kind of like spiritual like okay, spiritual in general. Real quick, Go so I, I actually. Oh, you have something. No, I, I I haven't. No, I don't. It's not like that. I I wanted to like convey my oh, okay. like church background as well. Oh, go ahead. I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, no, because <laughs> I, I had totally forgotten about doing something like that. But what you said really shed a little bit more light on kind of your your religious background. So I figured I'd do the same thing. Yeah. But yeah, so like uh. I did. But hey, uh, Christina, shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, so uh, for the Mormon religion, it was just um, every Sunday you go to church for three hours, and um, and then once once the like once the boys become old enough, they pretty much go right into the Boy Scouts. Um, I think it. I think I think you start at like eight or something like that um like you or the you it's like the little kids boy scout so it's like five to eight or nine or something like that and then like 10 to 15s and or 10 to i don't i don't remember the age groups but anyways like you moved up in the boy scouts and the boy scouts most people like not everybody in the boy scouts but most people in the boy scouts are mormons um but yeah, so like I would do a bunch of that shit. We would always go on different like I've been to so many like Boy Scout camps where we do com- competitions and like knot tying and like building stuff, doing stuff like that. So uh, we would do that on Wednesdays, and then um, and then once you be- get in high school, and the girls had their own programs too. It wasn't Girl Scouts for the girls. It was like young women's club or some shit like that um but yeah so the once you get old enough then one, uh, once you be, get in high school you the you all start doing something that they call seminary which is basically church school for like two hours in the morning before like high school classes start so yeah, so it was like four in the morning. I was going to the shit. In no way. Yeah, and, I, and then we'd be done at six, and then we'd, and then my parents would pick us up, and then we'd go over to uh, 
high school, 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 and they drop us off there, and we just do our whole school day. But yeah, so I did that up until I turned 18, and once, and the thing is with my family, my older brother decided that he wasn't going to go to church anymore just because he didn't want to um, when he turned 18, and so I figured that I would have the same freedoms. My parents were pissed when I told them that I wasn't going to be going to church or seminary anymore though i got i got some hell for that one but also um before that my kindergarten through third grade career i actually went to a private school that was i guess technically christian taught um but yeah so i went to a private school from those times and then uh yeah so that's my okay so that's your background story Mm -hmm. all right well, I guess that kind of brings me into this scenario or this question, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I want to speak from a, a just a broad general spectrum and not just, like, pick and choose. I just want okay. to be like, when I say this question, it's just from a broad perspective and not just like, okay, go in here and dissect it and pick it. Okay. Like, just, but also just give, like, your response. Okay. The question is, it's like, what do you believe spirituality is to you or like how do you define it from your own personal perspective so my own personal perspective the way i see it is i don't i personally don't believe that you have to you don't have to devote your life to going to church i don't think you have to go to church like literally at all really um to be considered a good person or a spiritual person even. I feel like if you're in touch with yourself and your higher power and you um, don't go out of your way to be an asshole, you actually try and be a good person as much as you can be, you know, like help people when you can, but also remember that your own security comes first, you know, but when you're in a position to help others, do so. You know, whether it be something as small as opening a door for another person or or all the way up to, you know, like helping out a family in need financially or something, you know. So I feel like it is it not only does it make us feel good as people, but it also like being being a spiritual and truly good person is more the more than about showing up to church every Sunday because there are also some absolutely terrible people in this world who go to church every Sunday and then go home and beat their wives and their kids and then go to church and repent for their sins and oh my gosh they're saved yeah it's like a it's like a reset button whenever you do something wrong so you don't really feel like there's any weight to doing wrong because it's just like, oh, I can just wash it away when yeah. I I feel guilty about it. And once that guilt hit me, then I go and say, I'm sorry. And now it's gone because I'm good. Yeah, exactly. Um, I feel like a lot of people take take religion for granted kind of thing. It, it's like they're using it as an excuse to be a bad person. And I'm not sitting here saying that every person in religion is like that by any means because there are some really, truly amazing people who are a religious or who have come from a religious background and still practice said religion. But there are, like, just like any group of people, there's always going to be the the primary great example of that group of people. And then there's the, going to be, like, the scum bottom of the barrel, like, like, I'm just using this to 
give myself an excuse for being a shitty person. Yeah, I agree. You good? Yeah, I'm good. It's just a little <clears throat> cough in my throat. But <laughs> a little cough in your throat. Okay. Anyway, so my my perspective of spirituality or what it means to me, and this is all personal. This is not me saying I'm someone with a degree and giving you an example because I don't think that really exists when it comes to spirit spirituality. So okay. for me, what what it means is um, from being 36 years old and just living my life and my ups and downs with my religion or the, the church i won't say my religion or my faith is more mm-hmm. so the church yeah. i would say for me spirituality is it's seek it's looking inward right mm-hmm. and it's looking inward knowing yourself emotionally mentally uh maybe on some physical level as well for people that might have disabilities it might be something yeah. to turn to when they're dealing with pain definitely um but it's, it's looking inward. And I think the problem that I grew up experiencing with spirituality is the church made it seem like you have to come here to connect. You have to come here to reach that spiritual plane or that spiritual level or that spiritual deity, whoever it was. It was just like, hey, if you want to reach here, you need to commune with like-minded people, intertwine your lives, become connected, know each other on so many levels. And then you... Together you go out and you seek whatever spiritual being or plane or whatever spiritual thing you were looking for. And as I got older and I experienced it a lot, I started being like, you know, I think spirituality is more about internal. It's you, it's you honing internally who you are on so many levels that then you can reach out beyond the physical, beyond what you're told. Because you're not looking to, to another human or you're not looking to the church to provide a spiritual level of experience, but you're looking inward to reach out, yeah. right? Because you can't reach out and find something on a spiritual plane to me unless you know yourself inwardly because you don't want, you can't truly seek seek for something beyond yourself when you don't even know yourself. So that's okay. kind of how it was okay. for me. I get that. Yeah, I, I definitely see that side of it too. For sure. So that that's kind of like what spirits when I look at spirit the spiritual plane or however spiritually you want to like address it or dress it up or down. Like for me, that's what it meant. And I it took me getting outed by a pastor, which I talked to in one of the stories that you can go listen to on my podcast from season two. But anyway, a pastor outed me in front of my family, and I always told myself that that's the moment that version of myself died. like yeah. Because being outed as a teenage boy who had never done anything with any person mm-hmm. or any guy, I was still a virgin. I just had thoughts and I had confided in him. And for oh, him to take that. Up. And for him to take months of conversations and weeks of conversations and meet... I, was, I wasn't just having conversations with him for like therapy. Yeah. It was kind of like a, conf- a confidant, someone that yeah. I reached into. And he was telling me things like, if you have these thoughts, pray. He was giving me possible solutions that would help with the thoughts and the feelings. Basically teaching you how to not be gay. Kind of, you know. <laughs> um, so what ended up happening was when he outed me, or it wasn't even, I don't, I don't use the word outed, but when he... You've used it like four times. I know, already. I have said it that, but I don't really, I mean, when, when he, okay, because this is what he thought from his perspective, because I, as I've gotten older, I look back at the scenario from his perspective. He thought he was doing God's work. A lot of times, I will say this, people like to believe that God speaks to them, but 
I can't. I speak. feel like that's an ego thing, though. Like, but see, that's, and that's what like, I'm saying. Almost like a spiritual ego type. And of that's shit. what I'm saying. Like sometimes that is not necessarily what you're hearing. Sometimes it's what your subconscious and what you believe you want to hear that you're hearing, and then you act on. Because I can tell you right now, there's no way. Because if God truly knew the outcome of what I would become based on him saying what he said in front of that church, God would have told him the exact opposite. And yeah, just exa- not say nothing. Exactly, because God would have already known that you were going to be going to turn out to be the person that you are. Yeah. So when he did that, when he called me to the front of the church, mind you, it was a small church. So all of my cousins and families and brothers and like everybody that I knew it was a small oh, town damn. went to this church. So he called me to the front of the church. And of course, I said, I've talked about this before. He called me to the front of the church and then he said, like, God, he was like, God told me such and such and so. And you're going to be to and Sherman has had homosexual thoughts and he's been, he's a homosexual and God's going to deliver him. Yo, and that sounds like a traumatic fucking experience. It, it was traumatic. I was a teenager. Damn. Oh. And when that happened, when that happened, I remember like him putting his hand on my hand. Like you see in the TV. His and head on your hand? His hand. He put his hand. I, whatever. <laughs> he put his, he put his hand on my head and he pushed me back. Like you see in all those televangelists. He pushed you down a little bit. A little force was applied. <laughs> but like the only reason why I truly fell was because I was shocked. I was I felt like time had stopped yeah. and I needed time to process it. But this happened in a matter of minutes. Yeah. So like, it's like, how are you supposed to process it while you're literally standing in front of yeah. everybody that you know? And then I fell to the floor and then I started like I started like crying, but I wasn't. I'm pretty sure everybody around me was like, "Oh, he's delivered, he's delivered." But I'm crying because yeah. I'm like, "I told you this." Yeah, no, it, like everybody in the everybody in the audience is like, "Oh my god, this is really moving him," like you know, kind of thing. And you're literally sitting there like, "You betrayed me just now." Yeah, and that's kind of how I felt. I felt betrayed. I felt like, "Oh my god," like I didn't even. I wasn't even angry. And then, mind you, so not only did my entire world shatter in that moment. But I had to fall to the ground, cry for about a few seconds, get up, and then they wipe my tears, compose myself, and then walk back to where I was sitting and have people looking at me. People thinking about everybody thinking and how they look at me, even though I hadn't done anything. Like, I wasn't... Their judgment. Yeah. And that's one thing that I've noticed about religions that that really kind of bothers me in a way. That they're very judgmental on how other people are living their lives, or at least the way that they perceive or view that other people are living their own lives. Yeah. Like, why Why do you care? Why are you upset about the way this other person is living their life? The design of organized religion is what? Organized religion cannot spread and conquer and do what it's meant to do and spread fear and keep people in check unless it's spread throughout the people so when you tell them it's your job to do god's work and spread his word and let them know you need to be concerned for their souls you need to go out there and make sure you get them saved and save their souls it's those people that stand on the side of the street you know what they might not even be self-righteous but they're programmed to believe that they have to spread they're doing the right thing yeah and if they don't do the right thing then it's on them like you didn't go out there and spread god's word why didn't you do that yeah but but also at the same time if you fail and you don't get a bunch of people or anything it's still like well you still went out there and did it and tried yeah but 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 that's all do yo all right so missionaries this is one crazy thing about that's a sexual position Okay, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. We're, we're, this, we're no, talking I'm talking about, about Mormon missionaries. Okay. Oh, Mormon missionaries. Do, do they? Do they, they still? No. Okay. So that's this is the thing. When you're a missionary and you're 
basically deployed to either another state or another country where you you will have to learn that country. Like my my uncle went to um, I think he went to Ecuador and he lived there for three or four years mm-hmm. while while he was a missionary spreading the the Mormon word. You're not you're you're not supposed to. So you have to go to every single church, like the the church in that area. Um, there's different wards, and basically, different wards are um, like different times that you go to church. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you are part of the nine a.m. through twelve o'clock, you're the first ward. If you're f- through the twelve thirty to three thirty, you're the second ward. And if you're with this one, like this to this time, then you're the third ward. The missionaries have to go to every single one mm-hmm. on the Sundays, which is nine hours of church. And then um, you have, and then every day, like you, you stay in a little apartment with your um, with your partner who is the same sex as you. Mm-hmm. Um, boys can't be with girls, and girls can't be with boys. And you're not allowed to have any sexual thoughts. Or yeah, I know, right? Who's gonna control your thoughts? How are they gonna monitor that? I don't know. Oh, they expect you to monitor and punish yourself. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Or your companion, if they if they feel like you're having thoughts or urges that they're supposed to tell on you. Okay. Basically. First of all, that's snitching. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Second of all, like these are natural human instincts. Like you, like being aroused, thinking sexual. That's being attractive to someone. Yeah. Absolutely. But anyways, you're not supposed to have any of that because th- that entire time that you're a missionary, you're a servant of God and you're supposed to be there doing God's work and only focused on doing God's work. And so um, you can get like you can go on one and then you can get like forcefully sent home if you were to like hook up with somebody or something. Also, male uh, missionaries are not allowed inside the house unless the husband is home like if the husband is home by um if the husband is home with his children they're allowed to go in if if they uh if he offers her to come in them them to come in or if but if it's just the wife home and she's like oh no it's okay you can come on in they won't come into your house they're not allowed to and only only as long as long as the patriarch is as present basically um i hated whenever the missionaries would come over because the missionaries would just pop up at your house at any given time whenever the fuck they want to and they'll be like hey what's up guys you guys uh got have any time to like sit down and talk about your spirituality and like because they'll visit people from the church to make sure that they're you know living righteously mm-hmm. but also um you know they'll, they'll have conversations and like we have to sit there and talk about like spiritual things that we think about on a daily basis or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. And so like I, I hated it whenever they came over because we'd have to sit in the living room and talk to them for a while. But so my parents, after a while, they got to a point where if the missionaries came by, they're like, you guys can go upstairs and watch TV and we'll let you know when they're gone. And I'm like, thank you. Mm-hmm. That is so kind of you. I appreciate that because like, because it was just like, Anytime we saw the missionaries riding up on their bike, I'm like, hey, guys, the missionaries are here. Let's go upstairs. And, like, literally, they would walk, come in and be like, oh, hey, Cr- hey, Brother Christopher. And I'm just like, what's up? And I'd go upstairs. 
Wow. I see why you turned out the way you did. I'm a nice person. First of all, no one said you was bad. No one has to be bad. But I'm just saying your look and aesthetic is very different than the way you upbringing sounded like. So, like, you know. I was always the weird kid in in the family, though. Like, if that's not very obvious by the way I look. Um, But, yeah, I was always the weird kid. And so, like, I went through those little phases when I was younger in, like, middle school where, like, I had the Liberty Spikes with the bleached tips, you know, I bleached my whole head, like, I did crazy colors with my hair, and my parents were totally fucking cool with it, so I I guarantee you the people in my church knew I was an oddball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so definitely interesting. There's actually, there was this one time, so when I was in um, seminary, that school before school, basically, I pay attention better when I'm doing something that's stimulating my mind in the way that I want to do it. So basically, I'm an artist. I loved to draw when I was younger. And so like since I was at seminary, they gave us these little black books so we could take notes on everything the teacher was saying. And you had to take notes. They were strict about you taking notes. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, I, I was sitting there drawing in my book because I never took any notes. I would just sit there and draw. And the teacher finally one day saw that I was drawing something and goes, Hey, Chris, uh, what did I just say? And I repeated everything she said back to her. Like, literally, just like that. And she's like, Okay, Chris is allowed to draw in class. Everybody else has to take notes. Because, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so that, you was just like, I'm better than them. No, it wasn't that. It's just I'm not going to sit here and take notes because... I don't want to be here. I'm gonna, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to do something that I enjoy doing, but also know that I am still listening to you. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Interesting. So, in regards to, like, your religious perspective or just spiritual perspective on everything, do, have you ever felt like you felt the presence of a higher power or something intervening in like way. like some type of miracle type of shit i don't want to say miracle like someone rose from the dead I mean, or someone I healed. i'm not talking about rose from the dead but I mean, like i'm just saying like you felt a presence um i don't know i don't i don't really i don't really know what i would Feel, feel if it yeah if it happened okay um i think it's more like i have felt um happiness for the good of humanity that there is out there and like you get that warm feeling in, inside of you that like shows you that like there is there is a true force of good mm-hmm. you know I, i'm not necessarily going to sit here and tell you that it's god that's beaming into my chest or anything like that you know but like i would say that there is that i have felt a warm happy feeling for what man can be okay that makes sense i i i would say from my perspective hmm i've felt things in church when like there's a group of people and like but see, that's the thing for me, right? Like, I do feel like I have felt the presence of something. But I believe spiritually that when a body of people come together under one joint purpose, on a spiritual level, you can feel something, whether it's for good or bad 
And I think it's just the energy of the universe that yeah. something we cannot explain, let alone have been able to tap into. You can call it spiritual. You can call it in, in, energy from nature or energy from the universe. But for me, I feel like if enough people, like-minded people come together, there is a collection of energy through their presence that can radiate and affect someone on a level. And I and I mean that on all spectrums. I'm not talking about just Christianity <coughs> or whether you believe in spiritual or you're talking about whether you believe in any other religion I'm, or spiritual deity or energy from the universe. I'm just saying in general, I feel like humans have this ability mentally that when they come together collectively under the purpose of something that is emotional on a spiritual level, that energy does resonate within that area and they can feel it on some level. So I actually totally get what you're saying, but I, I personally don't really think that's, like a presence of God. I wouldn't necessarily that's a yeah. presence of, See, of like I, I, a God. I feel like so I feel like that's kind of the same aspect as like if you were if you say you worked somewhere that you really loved and everybody's energies were so positive and energetic and upbeat and like you all had like the same kind of goal in mind. You're everything's gonna work smoothly. You're gonna everybody the the um energy in the room is always going to be uplifting so you're everybody's going to feel that so i feel like in the same aspect as religion where everybody's there if somebody's there and like everybody are there and they all have the same thing in their head when they're at that place at that Mm -hmm. congregation and they you know they connect with everybody there because everybody has been going to the same one so everybody knows each other and so like you're with the people that you care about and you're all and you all have the same views in mind and you're all just there to love and and worship you know then they you get this feeling of like being very positive because you know that's that, that's that's what everybody is there yeah. for. You know, but, and see, and that's why I didn't specify. I didn't say God. I just said there's an energy, that yeah, collectively, and and I, and, it, and it kind of for me, it kind of radiates into other things like miracle people that moments where people say things are miracles like their family members in the hospital and they're not responsive and then the mother comes and hugs them and praying <laughs> for them and they're like oh my god their eyes open god did it well isn't it possible that your presence of being there spiritually resonated with that person's spirit whether they was in a physical conscious state or not and they said you know what i feel someone that i love and something is telling me in my physical body to open my eyes. But and that also kind of wraps right, right back around it to some religion where it's believed that God is within us. So sometimes that's why I say I feel like spiritually people need to look inwardly to allow themselves to see things outwardly in a spiritual realm. Because it kind of like if the source, right, if you're trying to get power from something and that outlet is broke, your body is the outlet. If there's no power and there's no if, if you're broken on some level then spiritually you're not going to be able to look outwardly into the spiritual realm on whatever level it is to figure out what it is that you want if you don't know yourself or you're like the god within you mm-hmm. is not right for you to be able to really open yourself up to accept more yeah um honestly i, I really do think that there is a huge possibility you know that a lot, I would say that like doctors don't acknowledge for the most part um, that a, a large part of 
our lives and like you know and, and like our consciousness I guess you would say um, and life in general is that our spirit and our soul if you will um, plays a large part in medical like medical issues from time to time mm-hmm. you know it can it I feel like I guess I would say that that would be the miracle, but also I think at the same time, I think we're just not, we're, we're, at, we're either too ignorant or not technologically advanced enough to recognize that the spirit does play a, a role in if we might survive a, a crazy accident or something like that. You know, mm-hmm. like your mental, your mental state. If you're not mentally strong... And you're just ready to give up on things. I feel like that could affect you in a negative way. And if you're mentally very strong and you're like, no, I'm not done fighting. Like, the, I'm, I'm still, I still have a purpose, you know, like that. Unless it's something, unless like you get your head chopped off and like your body completely mutilated. Like, I'm pretty sure like there's still a possibility for you to come back and actually continue on your life. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. I will, I will say this is gonna it's, it's within the realm of what we're talking about but I don't want to paint anybody or any body in a bad way but you have to understand from my perspective and my experience with the church by church I mean the Christian church because mm-hmm. there's multiple versions of churches out there yeah. but the Christian churches that I went to helped me realize something the most and the one common thing in all the churches that me and my dad and stuff traveled to there was only one church that I felt like the pastor truly had the he was very selfless. It was less about him. It was only one church in all the churches of my life that I ever went to. And his name was, uh, oh, he's not, he don't listen to my podcast. His name was Pastor Reddick. And that man, if there was one man that I ever felt like that I met that could have possibly. Pastor Riddick? Yes, he was a pastor. Was but it he, Vin Diesel? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> anyway, you know what I mean? Joking my moment. This is my moment. I'm going to start making a lot of jokes came in my head when I was listening to you talk, but I respected your spiritual understanding and you are not respecting mine. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, it, was, it was not the Pastor Chronicles of Riddick. It okay. was, his name was Pastor Riddick. Okay. And anyway, he was a very pure man based on my energy when I was around him and my spiritual experiences with him. But I will say that most of the time for me, going from church to church, the common problem is, is churches try to get you to come through them to put power in your life to be like, oh, no, you have to come to church. You need to talk to the pastor. You need to do this. What they want to do is they want you to be part of their entire congregation to feed that to feed that to me, that monster, right? That always mm-hmm. stops at the pastor or the head or the, what, whoever the head or how the hierarchy work in your spiritual faith. What they want you to do is forget about yourself and look inwardly and they want you to say, no, you need to come to the church to find a spiritual part. And Mm -hmm. I don't agree with that because Mm -hmm. I feel like you have to find your own your own individual spiritual connection within the spiritual whim or deity that you believe in. Absolutely. And then you and you find that energy within yourself to find that spiritual entity on whatever level you might want to receive it or believe it. Or what works for you. Yeah, or what works for you. But for me, the church on any level is always like, come to us. Come Mm -hmm. to us. And what we are your answer. mm -hmm, They want you to become dependent on their way of life and them. 
and not let you see your own individual strength and your own spiritual self through finding yourself. It's just like, no, find yourself, but through our words and through our congregation and through our events and the things that we have. Whereas I'm like, once that thing happened with me and the pastor, you know what I did? I still went to church because I was young and my mom would have made me go to church. Absolutely. But <laughs> I became very quiet. I didn't talk as much. I was very Ever introverted. Served. But it was less about that and it was more about me trying to find my own spiritual self. Because when that moment happened to me, I realized I could not trust the church. I yeah. couldn't trust nobody. Mm-hmm. I needed to find in myself the strength that I needed to be who I wanted to be. And whether that was gay, whether that was I wanted to be straight, it was less about my sexuality and it was more about was I trusted you with something. You took that information and you thought you was doing what was best. And the crazy thing was, because I said this in another podcast, was... Years later, my mom told me the pastor came to her and said, do you think I did the right thing? If God told you to do that, why would you then go why would to you a question human it? and yeah. then question whether you did the right thing? Exactly. And some if people, God told you, then yeah. obviously you you did the right thing. And some people that are religious will be like, well, clearly he wasn't a servant of God and he didn't, you know, that wasn't God talking to him or whatever. It doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is you broke a confidential conversations that we had between each other. Mm-hmm. I would have never confided in you if you would have never told me. And I'm not bitter about it today because I do believe that what that moment in my life was the most significant defining moment in my life was him saying what he said in front of my family and my family members because that forced me to become an adult. At that moment, I was just a child being like, I'm going to go to church. God's going to love me. I started having these feelings towards guys. I approached the pastor. He put my business out there. And I think whether people want to say, well, God allowed it to happen for you to become who you is. I just believe that that moment happened. Whether it was planned or not, it happened in my life and it forever changed the way I perceive the church, whether the way I perceive people in general. And people will say, well, you shouldn't let one moment define how you feel about the entire church. I'm telling you, through my entire life, not just that one moment, but I've seen the same actions repeated throughout the Christian churches that I went to. And it might be different because I'm in a black community and I went to black churches. But I think corruption on any level of a church will exist because there's always a hierarchy of power. And when men get in high power, they always get full of themselves. They always abuse the power. So why don't I just take the energy that I'm going to give you to find whatever spiritual thing you're trying to get from me and control me to empower myself spiritually. So then when I go out, oh, guess what? I control my own destiny, my own feelings, my own spiritual growth and level and where I am. And yeah, I might come to church and spread that information with you or just congregate with you. But I'm not going to get intertwined and depend on you to give me my spiritual energy to make it through whatever I need in life. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, so I can't necessarily say how things were for somebody who was part of the gay community in a Mormon religion. Um, I, I honestly can't really recall a time when I knew or suspected somebody was gay in my congregation um, or what what they went about. But they also, if it did ever happen, which I'm sure it did, and I was just oblivious to it, um, the church never, like, they never outed people in front of everybody about it. Mm-hmm. But one thing that I did um, experience was, because... For me, I I like to question things because it makes me think further. And, and so I was always the type of person to question everything that was taught. 
Mm-hmm. It's like, why is this the case? And then like they would t- they would teach me things, and I'd be like, my my mind would think about it logically, and I'm like, wait, but so if that's like, wait, so if Satan, if if Lucifer was an angel, and his punishment what for doing what he did was to go down and punish evil. Why is it that Lucifer is looked at as an evil person because he he has the job of of punishing evil? So why is he evil? You know. So like yeah. I, I would always say stuff like that, and they they don't want you to say stuff like that because they want you to blindly follow. Exactly. Right. Like just 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 do what I tell you to do. Yeah. And don't ask questions. Exactly. That's kind of how organized religion. Yeah. In some circumstances, work. One thing I noticed later on, um, once I was a little bit older, near my teens, probably between, uh, I'd say, 15 and 18, like my last years in the church, um, this was basically the time when I was just over it. I didn't, I really didn't want to go anymore. I saw a bunch of hypocrisies happen, and I was, I was just kind of over being around those type of people because I didn't want to turn into one of those type of people, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and granted there, there was a lot of, um, honestly really good people that I did know in that church. But the thing about the church is as soon as you stop going to church, they basically stop being your friend. Um, but aside from that, like one thing that they would do is like, um, the Bishop, uh, like, so every now and then they would have, um, like like week on weekend long events so like there was there was something called youth conference and youth conference was when like a group of the boys from this church and the group of the girls from this church and then groups of boys and girls from other churches and other wards in the area would all go to like a temple and they would stay uh or not a temple they would go to like a bit like they would all stay at like um, a family's house. So like boys would sleep in this room and girls would sleep in this room. And obviously you're not allowed to fucking... Or no, the girls would sleep in one in one house and the boys would sleep in another house. And then every day you would wake up and you would go... Like everybody would congregate to this big hall and there'd be classes about Jesus and the teachings and all that shit. And then... We'd go have lunch and there'd be activities and like do a bunch of shit. So like I think that that happened like once a year. And then there was like Mormon prom and like shit like that too. But um, eventually I stopped going to youth conference obviously because I was I was just tired of it. It was not fun to me. I didn't enjoy it. Like yeah I enjoyed hanging out with the people with the kids every now and then you know. But like I saw them. I saw them at Boy Scouts, and I enjoyed Boy Scouts because we would actually do activities and shit like that and learn life skills. Um, so I enjoy Boy Scouts. I would con- I would still continue to go to that for the most part. And then, um, but yeah, so I was just, I was over going to youth conference, and I stopped going, and the bishop took notice to me not going. And so he would call me into his office, like, every single time I went to church, because it was every Sunday. So he would call me into his office every Sunday, and he'd... You know, come up to me and he'd be like, he'd be like, go ahead and sit down across from me, have some candy, blah, 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 whatever. And I'm like, okay, cool. Sit there and, you know, pop some candy in my mouth. And he's like, so I hear, um, I hear you're not planning on going to youth conference this year. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not. And he's like, may I ask what you're going to be doing instead? Because, you know, you won't be in school. So 
this is a really good time for you to to go and I'm just like yeah I'm just gonna hang out at home maybe uh do some sporting activities with my friends you know just do whatever like teens do did back then Mm -hmm. and so I'm just like yeah I was a very active kid so like I I liked to go out and do shit and so I'm like I don't know just hang out with friends you know like do all this stuff and and he's like that's cool that's cool that's cool so um you know I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you have to go because obviously at the end of the day, it's your choice whether you go or not. But one thing I have been hearing is a lot of the kid, all the, all the other kids, um, they really enjoy your company and they, they would really enjoy it if you went. I was like, oh, they've said that, that stuff about me. That's very flattering and I very much appreciate that. But it is my choice and I still don't think I'm going to go. And just stare at me. And he's like, yeah, well, you know, I, that is your choice and you're allowed to make that decision. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. I like how he's allowed. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, but I think it'd be very beneficial to your strength, your, your faith and your um, religion that you do go. And I'm like, well, you know, I feel like my spirituality and my relationship with God is strong enough to where I don't have to continue going to these things. And you know, he would get so pissed off because I'm sitting here telling him things that are like, mm-hmm. like, like a smart ass way of telling him to fuck off. You know, like a very nice way of being like, no, I'm not going. And every single time he'd just be like, all right, well, you can go back to, you can go. And I'll be like, all right, well, you have a good day, sir. And I would leave. And literally the next Sunday, he'd take me into his office. So, Chris, I hear you're still planning on not going to youth conference. I'm like, yeah, you're right about that, actually. We were trying to manipulate. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I saw it. I like, I wasn't dumb. In my head, I'm sitting here. I'm like, this dude really thinks he's going to change my mind by bringing me in and being like, everybody wants to see you there. Mm -hmm. No. That's not going to happen, bro. Like, I don't want to go. I can see the hypocrisies. I can see what you're trying to do. And it's not going to work on me. What do you stand right now? Like, because we've spoken a lot about past and what developed our spiritual. Yeah. Why we believe what we do now based on past scenarios, past experiences. But like right now in this moment, spiritually, where do you think you resonate I mean, I think I, I think I'm doing pretty fucking well for myself, you know, spiritually at least, yeah. you know, like I, um, you know, I do my best to be a good person as much as I can be. Like, obviously, I'm man and I make stupid, I make mistakes from time to time, but I don't do them purposely, and it does affect me, you know. Like when I, when I like lose my head or something, and I say something stupid to somebody. I will apologize if I'm if I know person like if later on I'm like you know what you I was apologizing me you don't fucking deserve an apology you see this see <laughs> exactly <laughs> what I mean I stand by that too and that's some bull because no, like okay. you don't deserve you know we're gonna talk about this after the podcast okay. continue all right anyways thanks for inter- interrupting me by the way I deserve an apology but we're gonna wait for that I don't really know what he's talking about but anyways um. Hold on, I lost my train of thought for a second. I'll get there. I'll get back. Just give me a second. Um, yeah, no. So I feel like I'm doing well spiritually. Um, my the what where I, I feel I personally feel 
like taking psychedelics has opened my mind up to a different way of thinking about spirituality. Um, just, and it's, it's really not necessarily something that I can explain. It's just like a, you would have to take psych psychedelics to understand. It just opens your mind and you see things in a different light, in a different aspect in a sense. You don't take the world so seriously. You know, like mm -hmm. I, I was definitely, I definitely took life more seriously before I ever took psychedelics. Um, but also I feel like being an artist, um, like psychedelics and artists go together like peanut butter and jelly. Um, but I also don't like, I don't take them all the time. I'm not like some hippie who just takes acid like every fucking, every other weekend or, or every, or every weekend or some shit like that. Like I've only done stuff like a handful of times and I don't, I'm never, I've never been the type of person who takes psychedelics to party. Um, it's more of like in itself, it's, it's a spiritual experience, you know, I've done it with friends, but like the only time I ever do it is with people that I'm very close to, um, friendship wise or otherwise. Um, and I don't know, like, ev I guess ever since doing it, I've thought about spiritual spirituality in a way that just basically revolves around being a good person and also I do believe in a higher power but like you said I feel like it's within us because think about it when they always say when like like life is about perspective right and if you choose to see the negatives in life, then all you're ever going to see is negatives and negative things will happen to you because that's the only thing you focus on. But if you choose to see the, the beauty in life, the, the positives, you know, like, like, yeah, I'm broke, but I have, at least I have a roof over my head, you know, like at least I have food that I can put in my stomach, you know, like you look at all the positive things and eventually and, and like if you continuously look at positive things and continuously push yourself to be positive and continue being positive and spreading positivity then things start working out for you and especially because you're only focusing on the po on the positive things like you could get fucking pissed off and when somebody cuts you off and let that ruin your entire day or you can move on and continue on with positivity you know um so i get I, like i feel like i feel like God is on, is on the inside because um, because when when people are thinking about God, they're thinking on a more positive aspect. They're seeing, they're trying to see the light in things. Yeah. And so and so, what happens is people are praying every night, and they're saying. Once, once positive things start happening, happening in their lives, they're saying it's God who's putting these po positive things in your life. But me, I don't pray ever. And I sit here and I think about things on a positive level and I do my best to try to see the light in things all the time. And I see a lot of positive things happening in my life. You know? So, like, is that my higher power or is that me choosing to, to see it? I guess. No, I, I complete. I, I can see how where you're coming from on that in on all those levels and what you explain. I, I would say my spiritual stance right now 
in my life is it's a little I think my spiritual energy is or my spiritual level is not where it used to be like I've always been in tune on a spiritual level with myself I always look internally and ask myself the deep questions ask myself like let's get zen like clear your mind focus what do you feel at the core of who I am like forget about work forget about all those day-to-day tasks just close your eyes look internally within myself and see what is my natural resting energy and that used to be always positive always like push 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 thrive go in all areas of my life whether it was spiritual whether it was financially whether it was career-wise whether it was connections with people that I made like I had a very small circle and I would say right now just spiritually I think my spiritual level is just a little chaotic because I will say this right and I'm not blaming any person for my level. I'm responsible for my own spiritual awareness and success and failures wherever I might be. And but sometimes it's human since we are humans. Sometimes yeah. we get distracted by day to day tasks and going through. Life. And I think that's why it's easy for people to lose track of their spiritual awareness because they get so focused on the physical realm and the reality that we live in that we can see and that's tangible in front of us working and paying bills and going to day-to-day life and I got stuck in that cycle I was just like oh ready for this vacation ready to get this paycheck ready to pay this off like I just got to these checkpoints as adults we do we stop seeing things from a day-to-day basis as you do when you're in high school and a child and then you start thinking of things in paychecks and successions and completions and the next vacation that we're in yeah, so that's kind of like, it's, so I feel like that's the kind of the state that I've been in for the several years. But I will say from my personal beliefs and my own personal journey that your spiritual energy can definitely be affected by the people that you keep in your circle. 100%. And that's what, and that, that also goes back to what I say when a, if a group of people with the same spiritual mindset and the same if they're trying to achieve something, that energy can connect and create something great. So the people you keep in your company, it goes back to the old saying, the people you keep around you says a lot about you or whatever you want to put it. But their energy, like I've met people in my life and not said one word to them, but I met them and then we started talking and I would just get this feeling inside. I would be like, mm, you seem like a decent person, but, but something not is not. Yeah, we're not aligning here. Yeah, something, and it's not even the conversation because the conversation when it went well, it's just the energy. There's something mm-hmm. that I feel, and I've been like that my entire life. From when I was little, my mom would be like, "Oh, some pastor would come visit the church, and you just you wouldn't want to have nothing to do with him." And it was, be- and it's it's just something that's always been in me. It's like I meet somebody, and if I don't feel right, and it doesn't even have to be they did anything. It could just be like I don't know, I don't know about this person. Okay. Now I'm like, okay, well I just won't pursue. I won't go out my way to say anything about right. him or say anything to them. I just won't continue either being in the same circle or having those same conversations, which can also flow into your relationship. If you're not in a relationship with someone, like if you know you're a positive person, you do positive things like you said, and then you date someone that's just constantly negative and not happy. One is gonna one is gonna consume the other. Either your happiness is gonna dwarf theirs, and they're gonna become a happy person and see life better, or their negativity is gonna dwarf yours, and you're just gonna start being like, "Oh, I'm not 
happy or this doesn't feel right. Yeah. Like it's that energy, it's that spiritual energy that I think intertwines with reality mm-hmm. that we can't see and we can't study, but we know it's there. Well, I also, I mean, I feel like there have been studies on this, but in, in a sense, but basically that's why I like to surround myself with people who are like, if I'm going to hang out with people, if, I, if I'm truly going to call you my friend, like you have to be in the same I guess, like, headspace in the sense where you're, like, you're trying to better yourself. You're trying to grow. You're not, like, like, I don't, that's why I don't hang out with people who fucking party all the time anymore because I'm not trying to party all the time, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm not here to fucking, like, I, I actually have a purpose that I want to achieve in my life. And, like, they don't have to be doing the same thing. Like, they don't also have to be tattoo artists. They just have to want to better their positions in life. Because when you're around people who are in the same headspace, who are all doing things to try and become successful in their own ways that would make them happy, it, it pushes you to want to do the same thing, you know? Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. But you, I also feel like, and I'm just speaking from my personal experience, right? Like, I've met people that focus on money, right? Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm referring to. Like, oh, no, I, I'm not. I'm oh not, no, and I'm, I'm, I know that's not what you're saying. Yeah, but I'm just saying in general. Like, I've seen people, and I'm just saying it for the audience. Like, I'm not like you're saying going somewhere achieving. Thing. That's on a spiritual level, and that's also like in a career wise and just other areas. It's like advancing yourself and achieving more. Mm-hmm. But I've seen people that just look at money as success. Like, oh, as long as I can have this amount of money by this, like. But it doesn't. People, not- people who place value in something like that, um, they're never satisfied. Yeah, you know, because they like when you put when you place your value in something that you can't control, then you it, you're you're gonna it'll, it'll like allow you to really be upset and really come down on yourself if you don't achieve what you want financially. Instead, instead, like place your values on like core aspects of yourself that you can control yeah you know like Mm -hmm. uh, like say if you want to learn a new language place a value in in having the consistency to actually study that language and do the work put in the work that you need to do to actually learn that language (laughs) rather than being rather than placing your um your values in say traveling the world but not learning anything about it you know, yeah. like, oh, yeah, I'll just figure it out as I go. Kind I just of wanted photos to post on my Instagram and social media so people to see that I travel and I do things. Exactly. Yeah, you're not pulling actual spiritual experiences from those. You're just like, I'm going here, I'm getting drunk, I'm partying, and then I'm going. And I'm not judging those people. You can do those things. If that's truly what you aspire to do and you don't care mm-hmm. on a spiritual level if about If that's what you set out to do, yeah. fucking do you and have a damn good time doing it. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not judging people for doing those things, but I'm right. saying from my perspective of, like, when I go out, and I want to achieve things. And that's why I say, like, I would never base my life. And that's the crazy thing. is like, I like money. I will spend it, right? I mm-hmm. will spend it. I'll buy me an Xbox Series X. I'll, like, freaking buy me whatever I want to eat, whatever, steaks, whatever. But, like, I know that that is temporary and it holds no significant yeah. value beyond this materialistic like what's required to live in the world today i feel like money is a money is a vehicle for you to enjoy life yeah you that know makes sense. that's the perfect way of putting it actually i like i don't want like my whole life isn't about trying to become rich my whole my life is about being trying to get to a place to where i'm financially comfortable so that i can 
share my wealth with the people that I care about. Mm-hmm. And like, like I love, like I, I, I really enjoy getting things for people. Like I, I really enjoy the freedoms and abilities to be able to buy somebody something expensive that I know they're truly going to love and use, you know, like I don't care about the price tag as long as it's something that I know they will love and use. Like I love doing that for people. And like, also like, I don't know if, if I could take a group of my friends on a vacation and just share an experience with them and share that with them, you know, like I'm not sitting here like, Oh, this is my money and it's, only mine and I'm only going to use it on me but also at the same time like growing up you know like I was I was the one who was like it it took me longer to get a job than it took all of my friends and so like they always had money and so like we'd go out places and like if we wanted to go to the movies they'd pay for me to come with them because like I was I I never had the money to go Mm -hmm. and they wanted me to join them so like I I felt bad because I felt like I was a mooch but also at the same time I was appreciative of my friends for doing those things for me without without me asking them to do it for me and then so once I got older and I became successful as a tattoo artist and I was making good money I would start doing things for them be like hey we're gonna go over and we're gonna like go to the aquarium for the day or something shit like that and they're just oh well I don't have the money I'm like, cool I got you or hey I bought I bought two concert tickets to this if you drive the other one's yours, you know? Yeah. Just, like, random shit that, like, we're creating experiences and fun memories with the people that you care about. Yeah. And you're right. Money is a vehicle as opposed to, like, the driving force, which is which is just crazy. The entire spiritual experience for me is, like, it's been a journey. I've had my ups and downs. And I'm not where I want to be spiritually right now. And that's, I guess, me looking internally. And I know right now in my life I need to look internally. I've been... I've been distracted by so many things over the past year and it's like I said no one's fault but mine because like I never checked in internally with myself right I never took a moment and said I'm like okay Sherman what do you want I just was telling Chris earlier I did that a few nights ago when I was laying in my bed alone I just grabbed my uh I just grabbed my tablet and opened up uh in a spreadsheet with my work with my pen and I just started writing on my tablet and I was just like, this is what I want. This is mm-hmm. what I want to achieve. And the first thing that I wrote on that list was I want a more spiritual, deeper connection with myself. I used to be so intertwined and intertuned with spiritually who I was and where I wanted to go. And that drove every other aspect of my life. And I was just such a go getter. And a and I'm like, well, what happened? What happened? And every time everything links back to one scenario and I know what it is and I know what I need to do. But I will say the spiritual journey is not easy, it, especially when you have to look internally. Because sometimes you, when you look internally, you have to be real with yourself. And I had to be real with myself, real with myself, and realize what the problem is: is I'm not doing these things, and you cannot get this, a different result doing the exact same thing, whether that's spiritually internally looking in yourself or whether that's in real life that's the definition of insanity mm-hmm. you're repeating the exact same actions and you're looking at the experiment at the end expecting, result and saying wait why am i getting why why am i getting the same thing this, i'm expecting something different yeah and you ignore it so spiritually i know where i want to be i know where i want to go and in 2023 and this is not a new year's resolution by the way this is just me saying this right now because <laughs> i've never thought about it as a new year's resolution it's just saying 
spiritually, whoever Sherman is, I've lost touch internally who he was. And I need to get that energy back. I need to surround myself with people who can provide the things that I, the same energy that I'm trying to portray or actually put out in the universe and in my life. I need to be around those same people. And I also need to start looking at life from a more positive perspective because I used to be that very positive person. And for some reason, I have slightly become negative and looked at the bad things in life. And I can admit those things because recently I had to look internally in myself. And you brought up the conversation of like, we should do a spiritual thing about what we feel. And it took me sitting down in bed and like maybe being a little drunk (laughs) or high. And saying, what is it that you want? Where are you spiritually? And the whole time in my entire childhood, I looked to a group of people, from my experience, the church, to find that interconnection. And it wasn't until I was that situation at church and I went on that journey from the age of like 16 that I realized, no, it's in you. Like, it's me. It's me. I need to figure out who I am spiritually where I want to go spiritually and you know what when I found that moment it was like and it wasn't just like a moment like a light switch it was gradually looking inwardly and finding and reading the bible for myself and reading each scripture and then people be like oh well you need to call on God to decipher this for you well you know what I will when I'm praying but I'm not going to go to another person to tell me what a scripture means they're going to say well you should do that well it shouldn't be that hard to translate something and leave it at its original text and make it readable and easy like the whole reason with the new king the like the new times what is it called um the King James version of the Bible when it would be like thou art and all of these things. And I was just like, and there are new translations like the new English version and the one that's simpler for people who don't, can't read the King James version and understand it. Because I've gone to church and I've seen pastors read the same scriptures and then give a different meaning every time. This is what God means. And I was well, yeah, like, because because they're 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 portraying it from their perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and but that's but that's not what that's not a technically that's I don't think that's spreading the word of God. That's no. spreading your own views. Yeah, exactly. And that's not and that's and just because you claim to be close to God does not mean that your word is valid or right. Compared yeah, it's to like listen, I, I I I get that you're a spiritual person and you possibly truly believe that you are living the life that God has meant for you to live, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you speak to God and God speaks through you. You know? I mean, I I personally won't... Do, if someone told me God told him something, I'd be like, that's nice for you. I'd be like, I love that I'd for be you. like, how high were you? Well, you can say that. <laughs> I'm going to say, I love that for you. That's great. Mm-hmm. Now, if someone comes up to me, because I've had this before in church, so if someone come up to me and people would always tell me, like, prophets, so-called prophets, I'm not going to say they're not or they are. That's mm-hmm. what they deem themselves and work when they came that's to what church. what they identify as. Yes, that's what they identify as, prophets. <laughs> they would come over to the church and they would, be, they would call me to the front of the church, randomly just sitting in the crowd. You know, love it when they just... God, you. Here. <laughs> pulpit. Now, Boom. God is telling me you. It's you. And I would come to the front of the church, and then this would happen on multiple occasions, and they would come up, different pastors and different prophets would be like, God has a calling on your life. No. Don't tell me. He does? 
Like, come on. Like, I had heard it so much that it was just been like, okay, well, God has a calling to everybody. Like, does every, well, well, no, no. According to some religions, God selects select few to be leaders, right? Yeah. But guess what? God select you to be a leader, and then everybody else is supposed to be a sheep. Yeah. And you, they're just supposed to follow you. Well, that's what religion is. It's a shepherd and their sheep. Well, I didn't want to be nobody. <laughs> I didn't want to be nobody shepherd. Like, nope. I did not want to be the leader of nothing. I'm because, not a shepherd nor a sheep. Because from my perspective, from a spiritual perspective, I don't want to be responsible for nobody. I'm not going to come in front of a court. But see, that's where the power trip comes into mm-hmm. man that get in power heads. It's like, they'll do what I say. They believe me. I tell them to buy me a Rolex and a Rolls Royce and they'll do it because I'm close to God. They get full of themselves. And I don't care what anybody says. Every person that gets put in a position of power where they're looked at as being close. And God is the highest thing out there, right? Even above governments, above everything else. You put them in the power. They, majority of the time, they get corrupt and they get full of themselves. Yeah, they'll abuse the power. And I'm, I'm not going to say all of them because there might be a select few people that are good. And for those kudos. Yeah, but also at the same time, I feel like those people who are good, who are truly there for the people and like, like helping out, being selfless in the sense, those come from people who run very small churches like you yeah. were saying in the uh, in the beginning of this it's you know they don't have they don't have the power that these massive churches have they have minimal power because they don't their their congregation is small and one thing i also don't understand is why the church doesn't get taxed because that's, if you want to give to the people, that's the biggest way to give back to the community is to give the money to the government so they can dismiss like this. How they supposed to yeah, pay for those big ass mansions with if they were paying taxes though? I just I just don't understand. I would have, I'm gonna have to do some research on how it came to be where the church was just like where the government was just like you can't tr- you can't like so if I or, start my own church if I start my own church right we just make up our own church it's called a church of spirituality we tell people to go out there find their own spiritual inner person we make them pay ten dollars a month they can't tax us because we're a church and we just take that money and buy us a mansion um, and live successfully people do people definitely do that but also listeners if you guys have any knowledge as to why churches aren't uh held within the same tax brackets as the rest of society go ahead and let us know in the comments we would greatly appreciate that but also um yeah yeah no there are definitely people who do that though like now this isn't this isn't anything against Black Lives Matter. I fully support the um, idea behind it. Mm-hmm. But you you know how the lady who originally started Black Lives Matter used all the money that she that people donated towards the cause and literally bought a fucking big ass mansion in an all white neighborhood. And big-ass mansions for every member of her family. Okay. I'm going to say this on that topic of that lady. And and the way... And what I'm saying with that is more of that also happens with churches. Because they're not taxed. You know, it's the same thing. Like, like, non-profit organizations aren't taxed because their donations are supposed to be going towards the causes that they're fighting for. And churches don't get taxed because... Their their profits are, profits are going towards um, 
keeping the church running, like the maintenances and rent on the building and s- such and such. Yeah, I mean, I will say about the whole Black Lives Matter thing is, I've never in my life donated money to a movement. Now, people can boo. Yeah. People can be like, I cannot believe that. I'm like, first of all, I show up to your little marches. Mm-hmm. I spread the word. I am a I, good citizen and I do my part yeah, for the Black Lives Matter. You don't need my money. Yeah, I'm showing support by giving support. Yeah. Just because I'm not giving money doesn't mean I'm not giving support. Yeah. So I went to several Black Lives Matter marches and, you know, participated and had conversations at my job with people. But when it came down to giving money, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're on your own. First of all, we don't need money. If it's just like, it's just a movement, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know what they spend the money on. I don't know what they do. I don't get into the politics or mm-hmm. like deep dive into the what they do with their financials. But even if I started my own movement... Or if I wanted, like, I, I I get it. They might donate. They might say they take the money and donate the proceeds to families that have, that need to pay for court cases that their child was arrested for false accusations or pay for a funeral for somebody that got shot by a cop. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm an average citizen, right? I pay my taxes. I do what I can. I go to your marches. I spread the word. I try to be a good representation as a black man for my community when I go out in any capacity in any environment. Mm-hmm. I think that is enough. Now, if it, absolutely, if if you want money, go ask Oprah, go ask Beyonce, go ask any black billionaire that should be able to be give you enough dollars to equate to however many versions of me exist in alternate universes. Absolutely. I ain't got the money. I'll I'll be there. I'll march for you. I'll put my fist up in the air. I'll make signs. I'll go <laughs> to the courthouses. But I my money, girl, it ain't it ain't that it, it ain't my pockets ain't that deep. Not okay. now. Mm-hmm. Maybe 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 in twenty years, you know, if Black Lives Matter still around, I'll donate some money. There you go. But not right now. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> on that note. We, I'm not trying to cut the podcast short, but we are already an hour and yeah. almost 25 minutes. Yeah. So, obviously, that was a good subject. No, it was a good subject. And being slightly adjusted to reality <laughs> in what capacity that was. That's a very good way of putting that. I'm going to use that next time. <laughs> so, Chris, are you high now? I'm just very slightly adjusted to, to reality. reality. <laughs> but no, so definitely, you know, I think. It could be a continuation topic that we can come back and visit when we feel like our spiritual levels may have changed or whatever. Or we could do another, if you guys want, we could do another um, alternate, alter reality or another high episode talking about something. Oh, you admit it. I'm not high. Uh, My reality is a little warped. That's all. But anyway. Yeah, I think, I mean... It's up to you guys. Let us know whether you enjoy if you enjoyed this, and then you'd like to um, hear us do another podcast like this. Um, and it not necessarily have to be spiritual. Obviously, I mean more like um, getting a little stoned and talking about just deep shit. Yeah, we can do that. Well, thank you for listening to the longest podcast ever on my channel. So <laughs> you have a good day and happy new year. Happy New Year, everybody.